Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a sermon from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. Messages can also be downloaded at GrenadaChurch.com. Now, on to the sermon. Luke 17, starting verse 11. And it came to pass, he went to Jerusalem, and he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And finally, verse 19, And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith have made thee whole. And this is going to be the first part of about three that I'm going to preach together, because this is the beginning where Jesus goes into a dissertation about the end of times. And this is the beginning of it. Let's pray. Father, we love you. I need your help this morning, Lord, to preach your word. I can't do it without you. I've got to have your anointing upon me, Lord, to preach it. We have to have your anointing to hear what the Spirit would say. And Father, we know we're in the last days, God. I pray this word will edify us and prepare us for the days ahead. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. Jesus is headed towards Jerusalem, and he passes by a place, the Bible says, uh, Samaria. And when he's going through this area, he encounters ten lepers. And this may just seem like another day in the life of Jesus and just another miracle happening, but it's much more deeper than just a, a miracle happening of healing. There's a lot of food for thought here. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of sermon materials inside of this uh, short passage here. And like I said before, believe it or not, this is the beginning of a section that is talking about the end of times. And notice that as as he went through Samaria, you have to understand the Samarians hated Jews and Jews hated Samarians. This was not the place that Jews were not known to go in cohort with the Sumerians, and likewise. It was just unheard of. And now, here the Messiah for Israel is going to this area. It was just like he was breaking one of their rules. It was a known thing that we just don't go there. We don't. I probably wouldn't go downtown Memphis because I probably know what would happen to me. Because there are some things there, culture differences, and there's a lot of hatred and things going on in their world. I would just have sense enough to know that I'm not welcome there. And that's what it was in his days. But it goes much deeper than that. There's spiritual reasons. And then also, there were lepers here. You have to understand that leprosy in that time, these people were outcast to society. If anybody even started coming near them, they had to cry out unclean, unclean to let people know that they had leprosy. They lived by themselves. They were not part of society. As a matter of fact, the Talmud, the, the Jewish 
laws said that they couldn't come within 300 feet of anybody else. That's how alone they were. So Jesus is doing two things here the church is about to have a stroke over. (laughs) First, he's going to a place they didn't want him to go. And then he's going around people they didn't want him around. And Jesus is breaking a lot of traditions and rules here. So he's on this final stretch to Calvary. And Jesus openly violates these traditions, but he does it for a reason because he has compassion for the lost and the hurting. And in that, in that, what is about to happen here, you, you see God's salvation plan unfolding. And the first part of that, there's no division among people. None. Jesus didn't care. They were black, white, green, purple, yellow. It did not matter. He had, he had no disdain for anybody. He, he welcomed everybody equally into the kingdom of God. And this world may worry about the skin tone you have. And it's even gotten in our day, and I'm not scared to say it, there is such a hatred for white people developing. There is. I'm the preacher that will say it. And there have been some blights on American history throughout time with black people years ago, things I, that were beyond my control. I wasn't around at that time, but I know they weren't good, and it deeply divided this nation. And now we're heading in another direction that's about to, do, well, it already has, dividing our nation again. And we have people openly on the news calling white people evil because of my skin color. And my friends, I can promise you this. As well as there won't be any KKK in heaven, there'll be no white hooded sheets there. There's not going to be any Black Lives Matter in heaven. There's not going to be any racial divide in heaven. What a lesson to learn here. This gospel is for everybody. Nobody's excluded. I promise you all these little cliques in churches where everybody's got their own little homies they run with. What's well, an old word? I'm feeling old here. <laughs> Kids are going to look at me, what kind of old words are he talking about there? My day, it was really something. I know y'all kids looking at me. Believe it or not, I was 16 one time. But it, all those things are going to disappear. Jesus is giving you a glimpse into heaven because it doesn't matter who you are with him uh, or your lack of money. Jesus is not worried about your bank account. And there are so many churches in, in our area here, too, that it matters about your bank account, who you roam with, what skin color you are. My friends, all those things are coming to a cease very shortly. Amen? Heaven will be a place where there's just a little bit of everybody and anything going on as far as the, the good things of God. Um, leprosy was considered... The re- it is a result of sin. The reason you had leprosy, they thought, was because you had had some type of sin in your life. And it's no different today. Let somebody get sick. Let them come down with stage four cancer. Let a preacher get sick or die or something. Oh, I know he, you know, Brother Wilson, I know that he did something wrong. That's why he's sick. And Jesus is showing it didn't necessarily have to do anything with sin. Although in the Bible, leprosy was a type of sin. But it, it, just because these people were sick doesn't mean that they have done anything wrong. You know, Jesus is for the sick. 
He is for this world. And we should, one thing we should be doing in these last days, and I think it's going to ramp up even more, we should expect to see people healed. Amen? Oh, come on now. Now, I, I'm trying to get you up to this place where your faith is growing with healing because the churches went to sleep when it comes to healing. They don't... I'll give you an example. There was a brother I was talking to not long ago, and I thought he was a mound of faith. And I just thought, boy, he, you know, we're going to pray together on this phone, and we're going to see some healing happen. And his faith was so low and so down in that he was just so much had happened to him in life. He was more worried about getting to the doctor than praying. Now, I'm not, I have nothing against doctors. Thank God for doctors. I always say that. I know I'm being repetitive, but I don't want you to think that I'm against hospitals. I don't want you to think that I'm against the doctors or nurses. Sometimes they're angels of mercy doing God's work. I have no problem in saying that. But my friends, when we get sick, we've got to stop this. Boy, I've got to get to the doctor right now. If you're a Christian, you should have faith that you can be healed. Amen. Amen. You're going to have to start believing God for miracles or you're never going to see it. You're never going to see those miracles in your life if you don't start believing God for them. And I've watched my own wife play this out just last year. I watched her. She thought, and that's what we were told, that she had cancer. And I'd never seen her budge in, in her faith, not one bit. She had one day there where she's kind of down and out. And I could imagine, you know, it's different when you're the one that gets told you have cancer. It's different when you're the one that has to set the doctors off and say, hey, you got cancer. And that, that's very frightening. And my wife had one day there, I could tell she was down and out. And I was trying to console her the best I could, but I'm, I'm merely human. And the next day she got up and it, it spoke mounds of faith to me. And I know I've talked about this a lot in the past week or two, but man, it spoke to me. <laughs> My own wife ministered to me as I watched her faith rise up. And then the church, just on a Wednesday night, a little band of believers come down here and prayed for her, and it was gone. You may not praise Him, but I will. i just take a moment here this morning and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. I've done, this will be the third time I've shared this testimony, but I, I, it just come back to me. I remember when it happened to the lady. Lady had a third degree burns on her face. I saw them with my own eyes. It, she looked like a horror movie when she come up here with her face wrapped up in them bandages. I'm like, my word, this is what I thought. Uh, you know, my word looks like you need to be at the hospital. Because I'm thinking, you've got all these burns on your face. You need to go see a doctor. But she chose to come to church that night. And when we prayed over and she left out that door, it was much like these lepers. Is She was on her way. She was healed. And, and David Hartley and Sherry Hartley reminded me, this lady was almost legally blind. And after God healed her, she threw away her glasses. And had 20-20 vision. Oh, Brother Wilson, if I could just see a miracle, I'd have faith. We see them all the time. Why would I lie to you? This lady had third-degree burns on her face. 
that went from here all the way down to there was almost legally blind and not even in 24 hours they were all gone and she had 20-20 vision. What else do you want? We see this time and time again, but what do we do? And I'm, hey, I'm talking about me. I'm guilty of it. <coughs> I get sick. I got to go to the doctor. I'm trying to build your faith up. It's Jesus. Let's look at the rest of this. Notice in verse 13, they lifted up their voices. Praise is essential in your walk with God. You have to give him praise and glory for the things that happen in our life. And they cried out, Jesus. Not just any name will do, Oprah Winfrey. Not just any name will heal people. I'm sorry, but Muhammad's pushing daisies. Confucius is dead. But there's one name that he's still alive. He arose from the dead. And now he's at the Father's right hand. And when you call out that name, there's power in the name of Jesus. It's the name that demons start trembling. Amen? Why do y'all... Go ahead, give him praise. Why do you think all these demons in Hollywood are upset when you say the name of Jesus? It ought to tell you something. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. (laughs) They're mad. They don't want to hear it. Oh, it's not real. Well, his name's been going for 2,000 years. Must be something to it. (laughs) He's still alive. I know I've said this testimony a lot, but it just gives me thrills. I'm kind of a repetitive person, if y'all hadn't noticed. I'll admit it, though. I just not, it's not from being senile. I just like telling it. I'd never forget on that Discovery Channel, it was the bones of Jesus. And this guy, scholar, comes out, and he goes through this hour-long deal, and I'm dumb enough to watch it. And he just goes through this whole deal, boy, we're going to discover the bones of Jesus. And he gets to the very end. He's standing in front of the place. This is it. This is the tomb that Jesus would have been buried in. This is his family right here. They open up his tomb and walk aside, and there's like a little cask in here. This is it. This is where Jesus was buried. Kind of like at uh, Geraldo Rivera moment when he went into that uh, vault. You remember that? (laughs) Older people know what I'm talking about. (laughs) 
and he opens up his casket and he goes, well, it's empty. I, I could have told you that. I know it was empty. Amen. You ought to be there with my wife sometimes. I'm yelling. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago we was in the house and there was a lady on it. Well, I'm just going to tell you, there's no such place as hell. And I'm like, oh! <laughs> I'm yelling it to scream my wife. I'm Jennifer. She said, I heard her, okay? I heard her. <laughs> People are crying out the name of politicians in our days. Christians. Look, I want to see good people get in office. I get that. But to cry out when you need help. Look, as much as I like Donald Trump, he's not going to heal me. He's not going to heal this nation. As a matter of fact, I'm just be honest with you. The people we want up in there, you ought to ask yourself, number one, why are they fighting so hard against them? Both sides. And they get in there, the whole world's just going to fight against them again. Preach over here for a minute. I'm going to catch that here in a little bit. I'd like to see DeSantis and some others get into office. But you know what? They're not my help. There's only one name that you can call out on that's going to bring you help. And that is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. I like something else here. They said they declared him master. Have you declared uh, Jesus master of your life? Or is he just another person in your life? You know, when somebody is master of your life, you're, you're like a slave. You're devoted completely and totally to them. There is nothing in this world that will sway you. Just like that song Ricky sang, some people are diving overboard. You know why? But despite what the appearance is on the outside, Jesus is not master of their life. I don't care what comes at me. My family, my money that I had to have to live, I don't care about the world, I don't care about the denomination. I had been able to stand the test. You know why? Because Jesus is my master. I'm not up here bragging. I'm not up here boasting. I'm sharing with you faith in the things that I had been through the last 17 years. My little dear wife can tell you, we had been put through the test many times with different situations. I told her, I said, you know what? We're just going to stand tough through all situations, and I know that one day God will work all things out. I know all things will work for the good if we'll just be faithful to Him. You know, it, I ain't going to go into it, but even this past week, I've gotten a few phone calls, and I've watched what's going on, and God told me to stay faithful and be true, and He would show me, and He did. Did He not, Jennifer? He showed me that I'm on the right course. He showed me this church is headed on the right course. You know why? Because he's master. If you will stay faithful in your life to him and not budge when this world comes at you, I promise you as you exalt him, as he's master of your life, and you let him oversee your life, you don't put him second place in anything, 
I promise you grace and mercy will flow into your life in an unprecedented amount. You don't have enough cups and arms to hold all the mercy that God has for you. Amen. (laughs) It ain't me, but I just feel something up in here today. Amen. I don't know what it is. It ain't got a cotton picking thing to do with what I'm saying or Farrell Wilson. There's just something in here this morning. Amen. It's just something about that name, Jesus. There's just something about his mercy. Let me read this part again. They declared him Jesus and master and said, have mercy on us. You've got to have mercy. If there's one thing in your life you need, it's not money. I know we think, I I think the same thing. Boy, if I only had more money. Or if only I had more time. Get older, you want more time. If only I had more family and friends. Or maybe if I had this. Maybe if I had, maybe if I had a new truck. I need a new truck so bad I could taste it. But you know what? That's not what I really need. I need God's grace and mercy is what I need. These lepers cried out, Jesus, <laughs> Master! It, you see, they were Pentecostal. They cried out. It said loud. They weren't sitting back, oh, Jesus, have mercy. They were desperate. You know, when you get desperate, you'll start crying out, Jesus, have mercy on me, Lord. Master, have mercy on me. It's easy to say mercy, but it's hard to fully describe. What is mercy? It's God's love. Mercy is blessings. Mercy is the cross. Mercy is God's faithfulness. Mercy is God's salvation plan. Cry out for mercy, and God will give it. Take the lesson from these ten sick men here. They could have sat back and thought things would never change. My life is going nowhere. But they've seen the opportunity. There's somebody passing by that can help me. His name is Jesus. I want him to be master. You know what? If you won't give up, God won't give up. But too many people are falling overboard in these last days and they're giving up here right at the last. We're at the home stretch and they're giving up. Don't be one of them. Be like the lepers crying out. Verse 14, as they were walking, they were healed. We'd been over there. I'm, I'm going to move pretty, uh, past this point pretty quick, but God's still in the healing business. God still is working wonders in this day and age, and I believe it's going to increase even more as we get closer to the rapture of the church. If you need healing, you start praying for it, believing God for it, watch it happen in your life. In verse 15, then one of them comes back with a loud voice. They, all ten were healed, but just one, the Samaritan, he comes back. And he glorifies God. He falls down on his face, and he gave thanks. What an example to all of us. God gives us what we need. 
God blesses us, and then somehow along the way, as we're walking, we forget what God has done for us. One out of ten. Here's the end times part that I was, you, you was wondering, where, how in the world is this tie in the end times? I'm going to show you, because when we come back next Sunday morning, I'm going to show you as we go a little bit further into this chapter, why it ties in the end times. One out of ten was thankful for what God had done. Oh, as we travel through this world and God has blessed us and taken care of us, and somehow only one, only one comes back. My friends, that story has played out so many times in the church. I have lost track of the people that have walked through that door, coming here broken and pitiful, and I understand they were, and they needed help, and we pray with them, and God shows up on the scene and answers the prayer, and we never see them again. Never see them again. Why? Because they were one of those nine. I'm not saying they didn't love the Lord. I'm not saying they didn't declare Him Master, but everything's all right now. I don't need Him now. I have no need for Him in my life. But watch what Jesus gives this man for his faithfulness. They were all healed, every one of them. Be thankful, first of all. He, had, he was thankful for what he had. If we take what Jesus said literally, how many times is that going to apply to other things in life? Only one out of ten makes it. You know, thankfulness should be like an evergreen tree. You ever notice the evergreen tree through the heat of the summer, it stays green. Through the winter and the cold, it stays green. We should be like that evergreen tree. No matter what season we are in our life, whether the heat's coming down on us, whether sickness, the cold of sickness has invaded our life, no matter what it is, we're thankful for the things God has gave us. Look at verse 19. And he said unto him, well, let me back up. I'm sorry. Verse 18. They're not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. Then verse 19. And Jesus said to him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has made thee whole. Apparently, this Samaritan received a little something extra from Jesus, more than just being healed. Because something else was made whole here. I don't know what. But he told him, he said, your faith has made you whole. If you're going to make it in these last days, people are under the bad misconception that the rapture is reserved for every single person on this earth. And they're kidding themselves because they've been lied to by pastors. Read what the Bible says about the rapture. The best example I can think of is the ten virgins. All of them had lamps. All of them were waiting on the groom to come. And they had them lamps, but only five of them were burning bright. They trimmed them wicks, and they had oil in it. They had the Holy Spirit. In an hour, they thought not. The groom comes, and their five were just left there. They were saved, but they did not make it when the groom came to receive his bride. Why? Because they weren't ready. Now, if we go back to this one out of ten, how many people are really ready for the coming of Christ? 
we can kid ourselves and go out that door today and think we can hold on to the world. We can just kind of serve Jesus how we want and that everything is okay. And I'm not the one that hands out salvation. That's not my area. That's God's. I have, you have to leave that with God. But you have to ask yourself this question today. Am I going to be one out of ten? Am I going to be part of them five virgins that made it? Am I really ready? Am I truly serving him in these last days? My friends, I don't want you to be caught off guard. There's way more to healing than physical healing. There's also spiritual healing. We've all taken slides in our faith in the past few years. We've had a hard past three years in this country. And it seems like our faith has been hit at from every angle. Not one of us has been immune to this. But don't let it knock you out of the race. You keep believing God. You keep pushing forward. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm not telling you everything is going to be a rainbow and unicorns and everything's just going to be lovely. We're going to face some of the toughest times we've ever seen in our Christian walk in not so many days ahead. This world's going to be shaken. This country is going to be shaken for its sins before God. God's going to answer the homosexuality. He's going to answer to the abortion in our nation. He's going to answer to the Satanism rising up in our nation. They're no longer hiding it, my friends. Watch around. I'm, I'm trying to stir you this morning. Please wake up. Please wake up. Quit giving Jesus the back seat. Well, Jesus is my co-pilot. That's the problem. He ought to be the pilot. He ought to be the pilot. Y'all would stand with me. Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.